Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Inhuman Condition. Inhuman Condition is the ultimate classic death metal band. Members of some of the very best make this lineup. Last I spoke with them, they were saying the buzz been ablaze. Now they've released Fear Sick, their follow-up to Rat God. The sound picks up where they left off, saying my speakers ablaze. And here is my interview with Inhuman Condition. Hello. Taylor. How's it going? Good. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Heck yeah, thanks for having me. How was the recording process for Fear Sick? Uh, it was pretty quick, actually. Um, when we first started the band, or actually before we started the band, um, Jeremy and I were in Mass, and they asked us to write the new album mm-hmm. uh, for what was supposed to be the new album. Uh, so we had written 14 songs and uh, recorded, pretty much had everything ready to go. Um, and then, you know, throughout the year, things kind of went sour and we ended up leaving Massacre and we decided, well, there's no reason we should scrap these songs. So we were like, well, let's make a new band. So uh, enter Terry Butler. And, uh, you know, we were like, well, let's make this a, a real band. You know, at first it was maybe just going to be a project or something. But mm-hmm. once we started chatting and hanging and, you know, getting the recordings finished up, it was like, we should just make this a band. And Terry was fully on board so that was pretty awesome um but anyway we had nine songs from that original batch that we threw on rack god that just sounded like first album material and then there were five songs that we definitely they were you know just as strong but they sort of had like a i guess i wouldn't say progressive but you know a a bit more they just sounded like album two so uh, half of fear sick was already written Back in 2000, I guess this would have been 2019 that we wrote the music. Um, but then the rest of the album came together pretty quick as well because we did our uh, first U.S. tour last September. And um, after we got home from that, we were all amped up. To, like, we should just crank out the rest of this album. Why not? You know, they were written, both albums were more or less written at the same time. So we said, kind of give them a one-two punch and give them the give them the rest of it now and finish up the album and uh so jeremy and i cranked out these four other songs and uh had them recorded and terry threw his parts down and we did uh, a bunch of those covers and everything and uh we pretty much got all that done by the time we went back on tour in january so it was it was all pretty quick wow uh, one of the songs I wanted to ask you about is King Khan. It's uh, one of my favorite tracks. I wanted to know if you could speak on it. Uh, yeah, that was one of the original songs that we wrote for Massacre. Uh, that one is pretty sweet because Jeremy actually wrote the the riff in the bridge where it you know breaks down and it's really fast and then it goes to that slow, creepy part. That's actually a Jeremy Kling guitar riff, so... For all the uh, metal nerds out there, write that one down. Um, <clears throat> but that song actually uh, didn't have the acoustic intro originally. So that was a, a later edition when we went back and 
you know, reamped the guitars with the, the newer guitar tone and, you know, kind of revisited the mix a bit. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, we just added that intro just as a last minute, like, well, let's just, you know, further the ambience a little bit. And, you know, we added, there's a couple parts on the album that have keyboards and stuff, um, but, you know, we didn't think that was too crazy because, you know, half those old classic more sound records always had a cool keyboard here or there, you know. Right. Another one, I, one of my favorites is Caustic Vomit Reveries. Um, <laughs> I wanted to know if you could speak on that as well. Uh, that one was one of the newer songs that we wrote. Um, we kind of just wanted a super straightforward, super simple, super aggressive, you know, caveman death metal thrash song. And, uh, you know, something that people can uh, injure their neighbors to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a super fun one to write. I mean, Jeremy and I probably had that more or less arranged in an afternoon. Um and yeah, we actually played that on our tour in January. So we got to debut it live before the song was out. So that was pretty fun. And I wanted to ask you if you could pick your favorite track, what would it be and why? <clears throat> um, well, I have several. I mean, probably track one through nine would be my favorite. No. <laughs> um, I really like the Mold Testament. That was the first track that Jeremy and I wrote after after that tour. So for the new batch of songs, uh, that one's got like a such a fun mosh pit vibe to it. Which I mean, who doesn't love a good mosh song like Toxic Waltz or something like that? So um, that one has a pretty special place. Uh, hate. I feel like that has so much history with us because that was the very first song that we wrote for Massacre. Um, and we actually played that with Massacre live a couple times under a different title and with different vocal patterns and lyrics and whatnot. But so it's nice to get this one finally on a record and you know hear it in its true truest form. And I wanted to ask you, what can fans look for next? Is there upcoming tour coming up? Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So in two or three weeks, we head out. Uh, for a month-long tour with Cataclysm and Deicide. So I'll be doing double duty with Inhuman and Deicide. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a U.S. and Canadian tour. I think there's 28 shows in 30 days, so it's it's going to be a raucous yeah. event, for sure. And I wanted to ask you, um, this album cover has the same artist. I wanted to know if you could speak on... Uh the process of working with the artist and who the artist is? Uh, well, the artist is Dan Babe Ruth Goldsworthy. <laughs> um, Jeremy and I stumbled on him and his work whenever we were looking for an artist to do the first Inhuman album. Uh, we had talked about maybe reaching out to Ed Repka, but we sort of wanted somebody that was a little bit fresher and newer in the scene, someone that was you know, super hungry and really wanted to be a part of it. And uh, I stumbled on the artwork for the latest Zentrix album that Dan had done. <clears throat> and I was like, wow, this has such a cool vibe. You know, what an 80s feel. So mm. Jeremy reached out to him and we had a big, you know, kind of video meeting, just getting to know each other. And 
Jeremy had the concept for the rat god art um, in his head, kind of like a you know unsavory fella walking up a staircase made out of human bodies or victims or you know something like that. And Dan totally blew us away when he sent us the first draft, and that's that's how he earned the nickname Babe Ruth because he just knocked it out of the park, and we we're just like totally wowed by his work and his work ethic. Um, so we had him do the artwork for the second album as well, because A, it was, everybody loved the rap artwork. I mean, people talk about the artwork almost as much as they talk about the music, which is totally killer because, I mean, he totally kicked ass on that, and it looks like such a classic album cover. So I think it's cool that, you know, people are discovering the album based on the artwork, like how people used to discover Iron Maiden or, you know, sure. the old Ed Retka album art so uh it was definitely cool to have him back and we figured you know half the music was written at the same time as rat god so it would make sense to bring dan back and then it kind of came into play of like well maybe the rat god guy should just come back as well <clears throat> so jeremy again had uh, the concept for the artwork and uh him and dan kind of hashed out some details and some ideas and then we're like well let's bring the guy back but have him way more like twisted and evil and nasty looking so let's throw him in a different environment too you know maybe outside of his building or cave or whatever it was so um it was pretty awesome to have him you know totally blow us away again with this amazing artwork and uh i think the color schemes are just perfect he gave us a four different options you know when he was you know maybe a third of the way through the artwork uh, just to give us like, well, do you want it to be more of a greenish feel or a yellowish feel or whatever? And we kind of unanimous that the the pink just looked the most, you know, 80s, 90s death metal. You know, it's, it, you know, it's an eye grabber, which is a plus. And, you know, there's not many other pink album covers. Of course, it's also a subtle nod to Death Leprosy, which is, you know, a legendary album. And of course, Terry was a part of that, so... There's kind of a lots of little nods and stuff to it, and uh, yeah, it was just a killer experience having him do the artwork. And you know, he's done our tour shirts for our tours, and he has artwork for our new tour that I can't wait to show everybody. So it's a pleasure working with him. And I wanted to speak about your creativity. It's amazing. I wanted to know uh, uh, what is the process for you, and is there going are you going to open up a tailor shop of killer riffs? <laughs> if somebody's buying, I will open up shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I'm just fortunate that I have lots of ideas floating around and I have so many vessels in all these bands that I can, you know, I can write punk songs like bad religion and offspring for four, or I can write, you know, at the gates and in flames stuff for the absence, or I can write, you know, the inhuman style stuff, or now we're working on new deicide stuff as well. So all these bands are all different. I mean, they're all extreme in their own ways, but um, <clears throat> it's nice that I'm not just stuck with one band. I mean, not that being in Metallica is bad by any means, but you think right. you know, the guys have just been in that one band more or less for their whole lives which is amazing because they're arguably the greatest band of all time but you think man they could never put out a, a punk song or they could never put out a black metal song or a, i mean they've done kind of like 
slower country blues stuff, but they, you know, they just couldn't get away with doing all this stuff. So right. uh, it's, it's nice to be able to have, and uh, Jeremy and I kind of also view it as a, it's a challenge, you know, just to be able to kind of be a chameleon and transform and try and do this style. And we, we sort of started that on the, we did an album at the start of the pandemic um, called All in One. And we basically woke up and wrote a song in a specific metal subgenre and wrote it, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, and released it all in one day. And we had a bunch of friends from around the world chip in on different, you know, these different songs. So we did like a Motorhead style song and we did a Cannibal Corpse style song and a Priest style song and like a Hatebreed song. In Flames and, you know, Bay Area Thrash. And we kind of just tried to cover all of these different genres and more of just a challenge to see, well, can we can we pull off a, a mix in all these styles and can we pull off a performance and get the right people to make it sound like all these bands? And that was kind of like a, a kickoff point for starting a lot of these projects was like, well, let's just see if we can do it. And then now I guess I tell people it's just like a controlled schizophrenia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as equipment do you have a go-to as far as your equipment um it sort of depends on the band i mean being in a hundred bands i have to have a hundred different guitars because they're in a hundred different tunings <laughs> um but i i'm a jackson artist and i've been playing them you know since i was 14 on and off um so i have a, a jackson for each of the band set up um I have a couple King V's, a couple Dars, a couple Kellys. Um, for amp wise, I'm a Marshall guy. Um, so I, for the Inhuman stuff on record, I use uh, I quad track the guitars. So there's two guitars on each side. Um, one guitar on each side is a JCM 800, and the, uh, one guitar on each side is. Uh, valve state 8100 which is the mm. solid state that chuck used to use and a whole bunch of other cats but um <clears throat> that's pretty much my you know those two have such a cool sound together they blend and they they complement each other um so i use a lot of those in various recordings you know you know leads are almost always on the jcm 800 because that's just like the godfather of lead tones um, I'm actually using the 8100 with DSide, which is pretty cool. It's got, you know, a definite old school sound to it. Mm -hmm. um, I use DiMarzio pickups, Ernie Ball strings, uh, Klotz cables, which if you've never experienced a high-end instrument cable, it will change your entire life. So do yourself a favor, get some Klotz cables. And that's the end of my plug. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, um, if you had to pick the top three guitarists that influenced you, who would they be? Oof. Oh, boy. Um, um, well, I guess I would probably have to put Joe Perry on there because Joe Perry and Brad Whitford, well, if I could combine those into, like, one guy, I, they mm -hmm. would be one person because... They're the reason I picked up a guitar in the first place. Um, those early Aerosmith records were like, just blew my mind. Just something about the way they played. 
and the riff yeah. just was like, wow, I, I don't know if that's a bass or a guitar, but I want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, the groove was just phenomenal. Poof, yeah, it's like heavy funk, metal, blues, rock, you know, but it's just had a, everything. Um, so I would say Perry and Whitford as, as one superhuman. Um, I feel like Jason Becker was pretty influential um, in his whammy bar work, especially. Um, I mean, he's just a total, total freak show um, <clears throat> in a good way, of course. Um, and then I guess I would probably have to say Dave Mustaine uh, for his rhythm stuff because, I mean, and his lead stuff, of course. But, I mean, when I heard Megadeth's music when I was 13, 14, that was another moment where, like, my whole life changed. And I was like, my God, you can do that with a guitar? And he's right. And he's playing lead guitar, and it was just his style so out of this world. And I just heard the new that song this morning, and it was just as mind blowing as when I first heard him. So it's 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 awesome that all these guys still influence me these days as much as they did, you know, when I was fourteen. So I guess that would be my top three, probably. And I also wanted to ask you, um, you know, we mentioned about your work with uh, Deicide. Um, how hard is it to pull the double duty? Um, um, you know, you have the luxury of um, doing both tours at the same time, but when it's not logistically possible, how's it, how uh, hard is it to put it all together? I guess. Uh, well, it just worked out really well for this tour. Um, <clears throat> Inhuman was actually scheduled to be on that tour before I joined Deicide. So it was already scheduled to be a, an awesome tour. And then I joined DS. Oh, yes, I get to play twice now. Um, <laughs> right. So that was perfect because, you know, with everybody's schedule, especially within human between obituary and venom Inc and DSI and all this, um, it was awesome that we were able to do a full us tour with um, inhuman condition. Cause we haven't made it to the West coast yet. So it was like, you know, all the stars aligned um, I've done double duty on tours before, and it's it's twice as much fun. I mean, it's twice as much work, of course, but I mean, you get you get two shows a night, so it's like, what's how can that possibly get any better? <laughs> and it's right. with two bands that I absolutely love playing with, and it's with you know all the bands and uh, all the guys in the bands. We all know each other, and it's all going to be just a big a big bro fest, a big family hang, basically. Um, but as far as when the stars will align next, who knows? We uh, we just play it by ear. Everybody has tours and festival fly-in dates pop up, you know, all the time. So it's sort of hard to plan like, uh, all right, well, this month we're going to do an Inhuman tour. It's, it's going to have to be like, well, you're home for these, you know, 14 days and you're home for these nine days. Maybe we should try and cram a couple shows in there. <laughs> So we just do it, uh, you know, when we can, and if there's time, we'll tour as can, I guess. I wanted to ask you, um, you've had a great career. What would you say is your proudest moment as an artist? Um, I guess it might be a little cliche, I guess, but probably uh, now just not ever the fact that I never gave up on it and the fact that I never quit and, you know, just said, well, it's too hard doing this lifestyle. 
Um, so that's, I guess I'm pretty proud to still be here doing this. Um, but as far as an actual like event, um, my first tour was like a pretty insane thing for me. I was 20 years old. I had no idea what anything about touring. I didn't know how it worked. I was kind of just like a tag along guitarist. I didn't really know, you know, the rules mm. of the road or any of this. I was just, you know, wide eyed and having a good time. So that was a pretty momentous occasion. I got to travel the U.S. and Canada, and I'd never been to, you know, 90% of those places. Uh, first time I went to Europe was amazing. I was playing bass with soil work at the time. So I did uh, about a little over a month with Creator and Sepultura, which that was a pretty wild moment as well. Um, and then playing uh, Maryland Death Fest with Deicide in May was a pretty intense moment as well um i mean i i used to go to maryland death fest when i was younger as a spectator and i was fortunate enough to play there in 2016 with a swedish band called Wombath. um we played at like 4 p.m or something and it, it was it was amazing and then you know to come back all these years later and headline and play legion for the first time ever mm -hmm. in its entirety that was a it was a pretty magical moment so i'd say those are probably my my big moments that I'm pretty stoked on. And I also wanted to ask you along your musical journey, what's the best advice you've been given? Hmm. Um, let the music do the talking. <laughs> uh, I mean, not just to get another Joe Perry reference in there. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, there's people that talk it. And then there's people that show it in their actions and uh, talk is cheap. <laughs> no, I, I just think that uh, you learn a lot from people, good, bad, or otherwise, you know, what mm -hmm. not to do, what kind of people not to involve yourself with, what, uh, what are the warning signs and, you know, narcissists and this and that. Um, never give up, I guess, would be the only... Uh, the only major piece of advice if you're if you really want to do it then just do it and make it work and you'll sort it out if you're serious enough about it so and have and also, all the time and i also want to ask you if you could speak on the unity of the band uh, the band is so tight um i wanted to know if you could speak on it um how long have you all uh known each other uh with inhuman Yes. Um, well, I've been playing with Jeremy um, for 12 years now. So he was in that band that we toured with Guar. He, uh, mm -hmm. he was playing, well, he was a hired gun in that band. And uh, so we did, he did the last uh, like week and a half of that tour. But we did that album together. And I think I was 19 when we met. And we just hit it off and uh, became friends and, uh, you know, outside the band. And I had moved back to Pennsylvania after college. And uh, he kept bugging me to come down and uh, play with the absence. And it just wasn't the right time. You know, I was working and had a girlfriend, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And he kept asking. And a couple years later, I eventually just said, all right, well, let's let's do it. So came down and did some touring with the absence. And uh, they eventually asked me to join and I moved down officially to Florida in 2015 
and Jeremy and I have been making music and mixing and mastering and doing God knows what ever since. Um, so we're extremely close, you know, on a musical level. Obviously, we've played on, I don't know, 20 albums together, maybe something like that. So we have a super great musical friendship. And then, you know, we're family outside of that as well. So, I mean, his whole, I've lived with his family actually since I moved down. So I'm kind of like a Uncle Jesse situation, if you know, full house. Mm, yes. Jeremy and Terry have known each other since 2016 or so. Uh, just being involved in the scene and being Metal Blade artists together. Um, and then I actually just met Terry uh, when we decided to do this band. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'd seen him with six feet, you know, when I was younger and stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, but we all hit it off super well. And if anybody out there has ever met or spent time with Terry, you know that he is probably the sweetest human being to ever grace this planet. And uh, absolutely, he's just the most professional dude to be around and an absolute pleasure on tour and he never complains about anything and he's always just happy to be doing what he's doing and uh yeah it was like wow this is already my favorite band ever <laughs> you know in, after our first mm -hmm. photo shoot i was like oh this is gonna be great and uh it's been great ever since every every band decision is like a just a conversation and no one has any like weird negative energy and there's no like weirdness at all it's just guys just in it because they want to be doing it and it's it's, like, it's exactly what you could be asking for and i also wanted to ask you are the tour dates available at this time uh yes um you can check our facebook or instagram pages or dsi or cataclysms pages um the tour starts august 10th in baton rouge i believe and it concludes September 10th in Tampa for a home show. So, um, yeah, you can uh, check out the dates online somewhere. Um, Continental Booking or Continental Touring is the agency. And uh, tickets are on sale. So grab them before they uh, sell out. Absolutely. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandise from the band? Uh, well, we do all our own stunts. Um, so the band is on Jeremy and I's label, Listenable Insanity. Um, so the band camp <clears throat> has merch on there. You can get CDs and vinyl and tape. A couple shirts on there. Uh, pick packs and all that. So that's inhumancondition.bandcamp.com. Um, and that is run by yours truly. So if you order from us i hand package it and send it out myself and uh we also have a <clears throat> shirt website that we have a couple other you know odd and end items like coffee mugs and we're gonna be putting up puzzles and uh, shower curtains and socks and all sorts of stuff um and that is on kingdark.com couple places you can uh, pick up some goodies and have a ton of stuff with us on tour so make sure to come out and see us and lastly i wanted to ask you if you could give a message to your fans what would that message be to the fans yes 
Um, thank you, thank you, thank you um, to anybody who has ever shown support for Inhuman Condition or any of the bands I've been a part of. Um, you wouldn't believe how much the tiniest bit of support goes. Um, even just someone listening to the song, wearing our shirt, anything, coming out to a show, buying a sticker, you know, anything. Uh, it's been pretty overwhelming, all the positive response from these two albums. So, uh, yeah, again, thanks from the bottom of our hearts. And uh, we can't wait to see everybody on the tour. And uh, who knows, maybe maybe a bunch more albums coming out. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Great. Well, I wanted to thank you for delivering an amazing album and for taking time to speak with me today. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. And you have a great rest of your day, my friend. All right. You do the same. Cheers. All right. See you, bud. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor a podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.